and welcome back to Misrepresented. Today, I'm so excited because we have a very special financial sales director at multiple Fortune 500 companies. Please welcome Erica Porras. Thank you, Lisa. Hi, everyone. It's such a pleasure to be here. I'm so excited to be a part of something so special. I think Misrepresented is everything that I stand for. I loved watching your previous conversations. Oh, yeah. So I can't wait to be a part of the movement and a part of the conversation. I love everything that you're doing. I love it. I feel like you're everything that we're all about. So <laughs> we're like the perfect match today. Yes, and we're in the same Oh, outfit. I know. Of course, we have to thank Pink Apple Dresses for dressing us today. We're getting ready for the holidays. So yes. I feel like these are great festive holiday dresses. I love them. I might keep yes. this one for Christmas. I love it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> for the living room. Perfect. Yes. No, literally. I get like all dressed up for the living room. <laughs> so you just wrapped up a financial semester symposium a symposium in Puerto Rico teaching women about financial literacy so yes. tell me about that so financial literacy is something that's very near and dear to my heart especially as a Latina uh, minorities in general we don't have access traditionally to the same level of financial education so pursuing a career in something that was male dominated and mm -hmm. around a topic that was normally hush hush and not allowed at the dinner table wow. um, was something that was very important for me. So being a woman in finance and learning these financial literacy tools that can really propel your future mm -hmm. was something that once I acquired, I knew I had to give back. Um, oh so going back to Puerto Rico and speaking to women about access to these financial literacy tools or simple tips that they can incorporate into their lives is everything. It's a moving force. And I feel like as time goes on, women are taking more and more control of their financial health and achieving that financial independence. I love that. And I've done a little bit of research, but it's so hard to find information out there. A little background, my dad was a financial advisor. So mm -hmm. you'd think that I would know, you know, and be <laughs> financially literate, but I'm definitely not. And I feel like I'm might be a little bit ahead of the game, you know, as mm -hmm. far as like the population goes. So it's something that's really left out in schools. So tell me how you feel about that and what can we do to learn a little bit more? Like what are, what resources are there? 100%. So you hit it right, the nail right on the head. Um, America's actually severely undereducated when it comes to financial literacy. We fall below the standard line of proficiency. Um, and I do think it stems back to it not being a mandatory topic in um, K through 12 schools. Mm -hmm. You don't know what you don't know. So if you're not taught it, how can you advance your exactly. financial status or just financial well-being at the end of the day? Yep. Um, so I do think that's something that is very important. I've actually advocated with our state treasurer back in Connecticut to incorporate wow. financial literacy as a mandatory topic. Um, I took it in high school as an elective, which was beyond great. And you're lucky that they even offered that as an <laughs> exactly, elective. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Now, they didn't teach things like taxes and LLCs versus S-Corps, oh but my gosh. they did at least teach you how to write a check, how to balance your checkbook, log in to a wow. checking account, understanding different types of debt, how to manage a credit card. You know, that's something that wow. I feel like in college, um, many people get into credit card debt and start off their financial so, future. Yeah, poor. like I was happy to hear that they had that class <laughs> offered as an elective, but now I'm like, wait, that's all they taught because I knew how to balance the checkbook earlier on. Exactly. Um, so like, when do people learn about taxes, if ever? On their Are own. we just set up for failure? Is that what the IRS wants us to do? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely feel like there is that indiscrepancy of yeah. um, financial knowledge, especially as you move up the wealth chain. Um, but there is simple tools like how to create a budget, 
more than 60% of America doesn't even know how to create a budget. Mm -hmm. um, yet, however, there was a recent study that was done that showcased over 90% of people want that financial help. And 45% yeah. of those people expect that help from their employers. So for those that do have like a traditional nine to five setting, if your job offers a 401k plan, log into it, set up, contribute the at least the minimum, mm -hmm. whether that's 3%, 4%, 5%, and just set it and forget it. There's traditionally always matching that goes on. Wow. And with those tools, there are things that can prepare a budget for you. There are additional tools like debt management, depending on what provider you're with. So there's a lot of resources out there. I just think it's more so awareness around um, what's available. Oh, yeah. And as a minority, I understood like growing up that maybe not to trust financial advisors. So while I definitely <laughs> did have access to um, those financial advisors, I didn't always trust what they were saying because it didn't come from someone that looked like me. So yeah. I think the more and more we can get women financial advisors, women in finance, people can feel as if, okay, I see myself in her. I can trust 100%. that kind of advice. And women that have their money together, well, then so can I one day. I love that because, again, mm -hmm. in society, we're like kind of conditioned to have men handle the finances. And mm -hmm. I'm so happy to see that changing. And now we're taking control of our finances. But exactly. back in the day, that's not how it was, you know? <laughs> so Exactly. And honestly, to this day, you don't really see it as often. But I still get put in situations where I walk into the meeting where I'm the director. I'm controlling the conversation. And the person on the other side says, oh, we'll wait for... Um, We'll wait for the director to walk in. Wow. So that goes into my next question. Mm -hmm. Not only as a minority and a woman, what is that like in corporate lands? Like, what's the day like for you? Are there any instances where you see inequality, where people are getting promoted before you or people like you just told me, they yes, listen to they do. men and not women? They do. Uh, there's still definitely that challenge. But I think every day is a day that we walk towards improving it. Mm -hmm. And as a woman learning how to have those moments be teachable moments. So wow. I walked into the room and I asked the guy, I am the director. Is there something, is there a reason why you thought I wasn't? Wow. And sometimes what was asking response? that, um, oh no, my apologies, let's get started. Uh, so I, understanding I'm those- I'm still not over that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Understanding how to have those conversations, ask those awkward questions mm -hmm. in which times that you're feeling like, you're being misjudged or misrepresented yep. of just asking, why do you think that? Wow. And it makes people aware of those unconscious biases. Wow. I don't think that guy meant any harm or foul. He just mm -hmm. is traditionally used to seeing a white man walk wow. into the room when it comes to financial conversations. Wow. And I'm sure you have to work 10 times At harder 10 times for harder. half the credit. <laughs> That's like my favorite quote. It is. It is. But it's inspiring, you mm -hmm. know, waking up every day and understanding that I'm making an impact, whether yeah. it's in the real world or in the walls of corporate America, mm -hmm. in both ways, just me being me, me pursuing a career exactly. path in that male-dominated industry. You're making that change right now. Change. So in the future, they're going to be used to it. And they're like, okay, yeah, that is the director. Like, she's yes. here. I feel like we're walking so that our generation can run. And yes. that's constant. That's yes. the goal, right? And that's I live for that. Right? I enjoy every minute of it and just proving everybody wrong. Mm -hmm. So we're always, like, talking about, like, men this and men that. but And we're putting them down. But I know there's men that are super supportive very much of so. us as well. Is there anybody that's been really supportive of you that's, like, helped you in your path? Um, For sure. Both personally and career-wise, I think it's important to find 
um, those mentors. I know currently in um, from a professional space, I did have a VP of finance in one of my other uh, companies that I did work for who did serve as an advocate for me. And he said, listen, Erica, I know that when I speak, people listen and I understand your value. So wow. if there's anything wow. that I can advocate for you, let me know. Wow. And that's huge. It's huge. So, I love that he did that, but I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm sad that he has to do that. Exactly. But I love it. <laughs> and sometimes too, I think that he was willing to do that because I asked for it. Like mm -hmm. sometimes you don't get what you don't ask for. Yeah. So understanding how to have those intentional conversations when you sit down with a VP or someone who's doing better than you or someone who's in a role that you aspire to be, ask will you yeah. be my mentor? Like, how can I improve? This is what I'm looking to do. Mm -hmm. And I feel like sometimes it's awkward to have those kind yeah. of conversations yeah. or you want to feel like that mentorship happens organically. And sometimes it does, but sometimes it doesn't. And you just have to go out there and put yourself out there and be your own advocate own your career. I love what, that. Is what ultimately So is. speaking of putting yourself out there, you do a lot of pageants. Yes. Tell me about your pageant background. Yes. So I absolutely love pageantry. I credit it for much of my success, my ability to publicly speak and be confident in yeah. um, any space. I mean, you're winning right now. If this was an interview, <laughs> I'd be like tens across the board. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but from a pageant history standpoint, I grew up in pageantry since the age of seven. I started with an organization called National American. American Miss wow. or short for NAM. Okay. Um, I ended up being Miss Connecticut multiple times for their age divisions and then ultimately going on to win their national title. Wow. Um, and NAM gets huge. like hundreds of girls. It's not hundreds. like your Miss Universe where there's only 80. <laughs> there's like a hundred in your division. <laughs> yes. I think when I competed, I was number 126 and I, I, I'm at P. So there was wow. plenty of alphabet left. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh my god. Yes. Well, for the state, obviously yeah. for nationals, it's one for every state. They do um, go into regionals though. So there's they more, do. but that is crazy. It is. Wow. But that was a great experience. I felt like Nam really allowed me to turn from this shy girl who was maybe a little bit scared to talk to the one that just can't stop yapping away. Love it. Um, but I walk into every job interview confidently. I actually publicly speak for a job as well. Mm -hmm. um, so while I do have my corporate nine to five in which I'm talking about financial literacy to um, C-suite executives, um, I also have since done my own financial literacy seminars where not only do I motivationally speak, but I also educate. And that's something that's passion work that I genuinely mm -hmm. love doing. But at the end of the day, you're getting up in front of an audience of people and having the skill to publicly speak is a game changer because many people sweat, they get anxiety, they get nervous. Oh, that's me, 100%. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a great skill to have the power of using your voice mm -hmm. and being able to do that to ignite change is everything. Whether you're a pageant wow. queen, whether you're um, a professional in your career or an entrepreneur, your voice is very powerful and it speaks volumes and you should feel confident enough to use it. Was there ever a time where you had like stage fright and you were scared of public speaking? Oh, 100%. <gasps> What's it's... your advice? How did you overcome it? Because I feel like I'm still there. I can do this all day on video, but when it comes to talking in front of people, even like teaching makeup classes, I'm like, you know, I get it together, but I still get nervous. I think honestly, it's something that comes over time. Okay. I will say I did have my big moment where I froze, everything went blank. <gasps> I completely forgot my lines. Oh no. It was at a pageant actually. Oh. Um, was it on stage question? It was an on stage question. Okay. And I completely 
I completely froze. I had rehearsed this perfect answer. And also, pro tip, don't do that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But I rehearsed this perfect answer. I was asked the question and I went blank. And immediately I thought, okay, Erica, they don't know what you were going to say. You're awkwardly pausing right now. Speak from the heart. Wow. And go. Did you? I did. (gasps) And sure, there was an awkward three-second pause. And then... I sat there oh and said, thank gosh. you. Here's my answer. And wow, I just answered. And I think the, there's power in the pause. Yeah. So the pause creates awkward silence, but it's always better than an um or a hmm and those filler words. Wow. Um, so sometimes you take a, some silence, reset, and go. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> okay. So give us like some quick financial literacy information for our viewers. Um, I'm trying to think like what are good topics? Okay. Um, understanding how much you're spending. Step okay. one. Okay. Step one, know how much you spend. Go through your credit cards. Use an account aggregator tool, uh, whether that's an app that you like to use or sometimes your bank has one if you use the mobile app. What's that's a, when you link accounts. Um I have my Bank of America checking account that I've always had since college. Um, And I say in there, um, you can link all the accounts that you have and see where your money is being spent. Or you can use other apps like a Mint Mint budgeting app. Mm -hmm. Or if you have any account that is obviously safe and secure, link uh, everything. Or if you have an Excel spreadsheet, you don't trust cybersecurity, completely understand that. Mm -hmm. But at least for two months track all of your expenditures, understand where your money's going. That's step one. Then from there, hopefully you're still in the green, you're not in debt. (laughs) And um, then you can begin to reallocate your expenses and set a budget of some sort. Mm -hmm. Understand how much you're wanting to save, understand if paying down debt is your goal, but you have to set one and focus on one. So not both. Not both. You can't save and pay down debt. Well, you can. You can do both. But for some people, like if they don't even know where their money's going, Mm -hmm. it's best to understand, okay, where where are you at right now? Yeah. What are the priorities that you need to focus on? If you have high credit card debt that's earning 30% interest, then maybe saving isn't the focus right now. Right now it's tackling that debt. Mm -hmm. Um, But every person has different finances. So it's something that is very unique. Uh, But understanding where you're at is number one. Okay. So on TikTok, (laughs) I see all of these, like, you know, people talking about what to do with your wealth. And a lot of people are saying, I literally saw this walking into the building today. He was like, okay, this is how you can avoid taxes. Okay. That was Mm -hmm. on my for you page. And it was like, if you buy a $700,000 jet, but you take out $600,000 in debt, then you only make $100,000. You don't have to pay taxes on your income. And then you rent out the jet and make money, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's encouraging people to take on debt. Yes. How do you feel about using debt as an asset to make money? Is that? Debt is a tool. Yeah. Debt is a tool. So there is avenues for you to make money with debt. If you ever heard the money, you have to spend money to make money. Mm-hmm. That's ultimately what he's saying. Okay. So from an entrepreneurial standpoint, you want to open up a spa, for example. Right. You ultimately have to get in debt in order to open up the spa unless you have that money in cash. But even if you had that money cash, I would not recommend you using all your money um, all in once. The reason why people take on debt is because One, not a lot of people have all that excess capital, Mm -hmm. but two, it's a safe way um, to ultimately make money. Um, So 
leading back to the spa example, you buy your spa. You obviously hopefully have a business plan and money's coming in, enough money to pay back um, your monthly debt for your spa, but also enough to pay yourself, your employees, um, upkeep and maintenance. And then at the end of the day, over time, 30 years go by, you now own the spa Mm -hmm. and you still have that money coming in and generating profits. So if you had you not bought that spa, how would you operate your business? How would you bring in that money? Wow. Um, So that is an example of how debt can ultimately provide wealth. Or if you think of it from the landlord perspective, you buy an apartment complex and you rent it out. Everyone else is paying you rent. And then there's a difference of what you have to pay back on what you owe versus what you keep in your pocket. Mm -hmm. And how else would you have made that if you didn't get into debt? So I think once you understand how debt can serve as as a a tool, tool. um, then you're on the right path of obtaining wealth. Okay. So let's say there's a listener that wants to open up a business. What industry is a solid business? Like, what do you think is the great one to take on debt and do it where you think that you can pay it back? And also follow-up question, what happens if you can't pay that debt? Okay. So, <laughs> Sorry, I know. I'm two like, part, is- two-part question here. Okay. So always only take on debt that you can afford. Uh-huh. And quite honestly, the bank will make that decision for yep. you. You have to have a certain debt to income ratio and you can't just take out a debt for a million dollars. You have to prove that you have the assets or at least a plan to be able to pay back that debt. And that's where your credit comes into play. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why America is so credit heavy is because the better your credit is, the better chances of you getting approved for a higher loan are. Yeah. And um, I feel like we're lucky because we even do that here. Exactly. other countries, they don't loan you money. It's either you have no. the cash or you don't. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So keeping your credit is very important. Um, but back to your second question, what happens if you can't pay that debt off? Mm-hmm. Uh, your debt ultimately gets repossessed. Uh, so if you can't pay your car back, they take your car. Um, and okay. then it also gets hit to your credit. If you buy the spa, going back to the spa example, Mm -hmm. and you're not paying that spa, your spa will get foreclosed and it will impact your credit uh, in a very negative way. And then ultimately, if you do need to take on more debt, either you won't get approved or you'll have a ridiculously high interest rate that it might not make sense or the business might not be as profitable for you. Okay. So now my for you page popped up again, because I think I'm on like a little bit of finance talk, which is fun. Um, So can you declare bankruptcy and you just get rid of the whole thing? Um, that's not always how <laughs> okay. it works. And like, does that uh, affect your credit? It does. Can you like never buy a house after that? <laughs> so depending on the type of bankruptcy that you file mm-hmm. ultimately um, has different intricacies involved in it, but there are certain bankruptcies in which um, you can file, but it normally does impact your credit. Um, I think our socioeconomic gaps that exist exist because of the lack of access to education. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe that it's that one person is any more greater than the other. I just feel as if they don't have the tools and knowledge available to them. Yep. There's the saying of knowledge is power, and I am a firm believer in it. So the more that you're able to instill those financial literacy conversations, have those financial conversations, conversations with your family at the dining mm-hmm. table, understand what it costs to live, understand different ways in which you can make money, have those entrepreneurial conversations, um, yeah. then the more you can positively impact. Because it all goes back to what I said earlier. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling like you're not sure where to take the next step, 
Mm-hmm. then oftentimes you're going to resort to learning how to do so, whether that's YouTube University, Google University, <laughs> TikTok. or <laughs> TikTok. Um, but ultimately is if you're not receiving that education in schools, in places that you're at every day, or if mm-hmm. you don't have that surrounding network of individuals who are at the level that you aspire to be at, you have to figure out how are you going to get to there. Um, yeah. Your environment plays a huge factor in where you're currently at, the education that you receive, what's around you, mm-hmm. um, all that ultimately impacts success. You know what I think is actually bringing a lot of balance is actually social media. It is. Because I'm talking about all this stuff I learned on TikTok and I think it's funny, but at the same time, I'm learning a lot of things that I never had access to in my life, mm-hmm. you know, and never taught in school. But now on TikTok, on my free page, it's like, here's financial education for you. And they, they make it really digestible for you. They so. do. And I think that's also a part of it is that when it comes to having those financial conversations, for someone who's in their very early stages, the financial words, the jargon, so mm-hmm. to say, is complex. Yeah. Like people are like, oh, interest rates, contributions, distributions. What are you talking about? Yeah. S&P 500 stocks. What? <laughs> um, so it's having access to that information and bringing it to a very rudimentary level so that everyone can understand. Mm-hmm. Um, because the world of finance is complex. It can almost be intimidating. It's not very, welcoming. Yeah. Um, so something like um, social media does allow for that balance to happen. You just do have to be careful because there can be those fake financial whizzes that um, oh, provide sure. bad and advice. All the crypto hives, you know. <laughs> like I between like AMC and GameStop when all oh that gosh, happened. People are making uh, rash financial decisions uh, without being fully informed. So yep. I will just say fact check everything that you see <laughs> and yes. um, go, go to one there. of her symposiums. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Ensure that you are obtaining um, quality financial information. Yep. Um, and something that's in their best interest for you. Yeah, totally. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, whenever like anybody's pushing crypto, I'm like, absolutely not. You know, like, <laughs> I already know that's a red flag, but I think it's just so important to do your own research and consult with your accountant or whoever knows. It is. Who do we consult with, Erica? <laughs> <laughs> you can, if you're really confused, you don't know where to go, yeah. where to start, go to your local bank, uh, whether that's a credit union, okay. whatever's next to you, and open up some sort of account. Mm-hmm. Um, open up a checking account, open up a savings account, open up an IRA if you're at that point in time, and just start the action of saving. Like, Don't overcomplicate it yep. and start putting away 1%. a month. Start Mm -hmm. getting in the habit of paying yourself first. And then with what's left over, pay your bills and do that. Love that's that. what's ultimately going to secure your future. Wow. Okay, so we went way more in depth than I wanted to, but I love it because I learned so much just from sitting here with you and I could go for like six more hours. So. Yes, there's there's so much more to learn. And every day, ultimately, you just want to learn a little bit more. Yeah. If you can, if I can leave you with one tip is always try and learn something new every day. I know I still do. And that's something that keeps me fresh, motivated, yeah. jazzed. Um, I learned 50 new things today thanks to you. What did you learn today? What's the thing you learned today? So something I definitely learned today was, oh man, there's just, it depends on what you want to, what what avenue you want to go, what route you want to go down. But I'll start off with this morning. Okay. Um, I learned a new TikTok trick for okay. my beauty. And okay, makeup. that's fun. Um, I learned <laughs> that if you put a setting powder on before you do anything in your face, it helps uh, set your foundation. <gasps> 
And have you I, tried it yet? I did. I tried it today. Okay, wait. It looks so good. We're looking in place. Oh my gosh. We're looking in place. So that's that's my beauty wow. uh, TikTok for you tip oh my of the gosh. day. Because when you said that, my mind went straight to like, oh my god, cakey mess, cakey right powder and then liquid on top, but. You look now, amazing. granted, look I didn't. Skin. Oh my gosh! I, I I didn't completely take it on. I only did a little bit, and yeah. I'm no beauty mogul like you. But, <laughs> but if you it's are. Lisa approved, <laughs> then we're good. You look amazing. You're glowing. <laughs> thank you. Thank okay, you. so I remember on your road to Miss Connecticut USA because I was a big Erica fan. You were working out so much, and yes. now you have hashtag Strong is Beautiful. So yes. tell me about that. Yes. So I fell in love with lifting weights early on. I am a former basketball and volleyball player. Wow. It's something thing that I genuinely love to do. So growing up in high school, I was definitely taught the power of getting stronger. Uh, you know, if you lift more weights, you get stronger. And if you get stronger, I can hit the ball better. I can yeah. serve. I can I can take a charge. Um, so that was exciting. That ignited that competitive fuel in me. Now pivoting that to pageantry, um, there's obviously the swimsuit competition that you mm -hmm. had to get in shape for. Yes. And I naturally have a very athletic build. I have my wide shoulders. I naturally just build muscle a lot faster than maybe other people do. And so I was very... Let's let her finish. Sorry. <laughs> the, mic, the mic might pick up on that. It's okay. Okay. Um, I was very nervous about bringing muscles to stage because when you looked on Miss Universe, which is something that I definitely had as a tradition growing up with mm -hmm. my mom, we watched Miss Universe every year. All the girls had a very delicate figure. They were long. They were lean. Yep. They didn't really have much muscle definition, or if they did, it was um, very subtle. Yeah. Uh, whereas that was not my body. Um, so I almost didn't compete in pageantry because I had everyone in my corner telling me, well, Erica, you know, you don't look like that. Like, sure, what? you're tall, but you'd have to lose so much weight. Oh, wow. And it wasn't until I saw, I believe it was Triana Brown one year. I think I'm not, I don't remember what year that was. I think that was Chesley's year. Okay. Um, and she was from Oklahoma and she brought a very athletic build to the stage. And that was the first year that I saw muscle like mine wow. on the stage. And I thought, you know what? She got top three. I can do this. Yeah. And I said, I can do this without having to change who I am, me as a person, because I didn't want to be celebrated for something that I wasn't. Oh my gosh. And wow. um, being able to train every day and ultimately be my best self um, in a very authentic way was something that allowed me to enjoy the journey to Miss Connecticut USA. Wow. And granted, when I got to the stage, there were still those that thought that, oh, you know, you're still too muscular, you're still too big, you're not small enough. But I knew that I had peace because I was being me. And there was another little Erica or another little girl out there mm -hmm. who saw me in them and I'd ultimately You're allowed them <laughs> to feel that strongest Oh my gosh, beautiful. that is so powerful. I remember seeing you, you looked incredible. Like Thank that was you. like a Miss Universe and Connecticut is a very competitive state. Very much, very yeah. much so. Like there could be 10 Miss Universes on that stage <laughs> at the same time. So. We, we're, we're a small but mighty state yeah, for sure. So between... First means a lot. <laughs> Thank you, yes. And I think it's important too to understand that regardless of the outcome, it doesn't define your worth or your success in life. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's true for all women in pageantry, regardless of what system you're competing in, because 
whether or not you take home the one crown, it's the journey that got you there that's ultimately going to provide you that success in your life. Exactly. Um, so now look at you public speaking. Exactly. You know, like all of these things, they all go hand in hand. They all go hand in hand. The ability to influence, understanding that you have a voice. You don't need mm -hmm. that crown and banner to have a voice. Um, you don't ultimately need to win in order to do the things that you wanted to do as a title holder. And I think that your preparation for that pageant ultimately allows you to see that. Um, Cause it was funny one time I was speaking with my interview coach and he's like, Erica, why do you want to be Miss Connecticut USA? And I gave my answer. And ultimately he was like, you know, you don't have to be Miss Connecticut USA to do everything that you say you're doing. Cause you're already doing it. Wow. And it was in that moment wow. that I realized that is so powerful. I can enjoy this pageant because whether I win or not, like, sure, the platform yeah. ultimately allows you to have that greater voice. But to have that self-reflection and understanding of I'm doing everything and I have the power to do everything I want to do. It's just what that looks like. Maybe different so in weird. that night. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, well, I think we ended on a very strong note, but before I let you go, I want to do some really fun. Okay, let's do it. This or that questions. My let's favorite part of the show. Um, okay, so would you rather be on a pageant stage or a modeling runway? Ooh, modeling runway. Yes, fierce. yes. <laughs> and there's no pressure, right? Okay, am I, am I giving my explanation here? You can. Okay, so I think a pageant runway is a lot more fun because you get to bring more personality, yeah. more more sazoo, rah, rah yeah. to the pageant stage. But something about a modeling runway and being associated like with a brand modeling and creating that vision um, is more iconic. It is in a my different opinion. kind of pressure. You know, it like is. you're not being judged on it. You do want to deliver, but exactly. You're not being <laughs> Are you a morning or a night person? Morning. I definitely start off my morning at 6 a.m. I have two beautiful little doggies wow. and I take them out on a morning walk every oh morning. I say my morning affirmations, drink my cup of water. This girl's going to be a billionaire because rich people, <laughs> they're always like, if you're going to be a billionaire, you have to wake up at like super early in the morning. Mm -hmm. For me, 6 a.m. is like, ridiculously early so <laughs> now i'll tell you one thing i can't really stay up late like it's really? not even if i try i'll sit here and be like okay lisa we're gonna do this at oh midnight and i'm gonna be like oh i'm sleeping oh my gosh <laughs> okay so you're not a night person not at, at night all. all oh my at gosh all. how do you get through pageant nights uh, a lot of Celsius, yeah. a lot of energy drinks, <laughs> <laughs> lots of energy drinks. And I think you run on adrenaline, adrenaline too. Cause I remember okay. I had a, what, 4am call time with you at one point. Oh, so. but that's nothing. That's only two hours <laughs> earlier than normal. Only two hours. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't either. I just, you know, do my pageants a couple times a year and that's it. <laughs> I would die if I did that every weekend. Um, Zoom or in-person meetings. I love the flexibility that Zoom has to offer, but I'm an in-person kind of girl. Me too. I feel like you get to vibe off each other's energy. Mm -hmm. You can really connect on a different level in person. For sure. Beach or mountains? Ooh, beach. Okay. Yes, Florida girl. I, I need to put like a scoreboard of like beach or mountains because there's only two for mountains. One of them's me. Oh, okay. Mountains. Everybody else said beach. Yes. I don't, I don't know why I live by the beach, but. Maybe that's why. Maybe <laughs> that you probably love mountains because you get to see the beach yeah, every day. I appreciate the mountains. That's there you go. Would you rather road trip or fly? Fly. Okay. I rather fly. Road tripping, you know, I have to use the bathroom. We have to stop. The car gets the funky. Car. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
H I I T or strength training? Ooh, strength. Is it hit training. or H I I T? Um, I was I say hit, okay. but I'm not sure. It's high intensity interval training. That's what it that stands for. Or <laughs> I'll go with strength training. There's something about picking up heavier weights mm-hmm. than the last time yep. and understanding of, oh, I'm getting stronger. This is great. Okay. So um, hit is more for like losing weight, would you say? Um, I just say, I would say it's a different style of training. I think okay. it's more like performance focused. Mm-hmm. Like if you're an athlete and you're doing box jumps, for example, like having that power to jump off a box oh. and spring is going to probably be more impactful to your performance than lifting a bit heavier. Okay. So when you're getting so. ready for a pageant, strength training will do the trick for you. Yeah. Strength <laughs> training will definitely do the trick. I just know. want to get the look. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And all of it, when it comes to weight loss too, that's going to be more focused on nutrition yeah. than any particular style of movement. Yeah, for sure. So we were getting dressed for the show and we couldn't decide between suits or dresses, right? Yes. I might know the answer, but power suit or dress? I love a good dress. Um, I feel like especially in my field of finance, everyone wears a power suit, mm-hmm. whether that's like your traditional man in, a, in his power suit or a woman that's in her pantsuit. I love making a statement. Um, yes, so I love I it. make my statement in a dress or if I do wear a power suit, I love a pop of color. So something love bright, that. bold and yes. bring in the energy. Because when you walked into Pink Apple, you were like, ooh, that yellow blazer, which was super cute. Yes, so that I was a loved statement the yellow blazer. Yes. Um, phone call or texting? Call me. Just call me. Everyone that really has access to me knows me as a true friend. Wow. Knows to just call. And really? I will talk to you for hours. Oh my gosh. <laughs> really more than what about voice notes? Um, I can do voice notes, but you're still more of a calling. I would still prefer a phone call. Wow. Just call me. I'll pop in my AirPods and I'll do my little errands. You might be we'll like talk. the only one in the because <laughs> I feel like, I don't know. I'm a texter. I'm a neither. Yeah, I'm a neither. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm antisocial on the phone. <laughs> no, I, I love it. FaceTime now might be a little bit more difficult depending on what I'm doing, yeah. but I'll always pick up a phone call I if I can. That. Yeah. Um, last question, because we're like, let's talk about aesthetics. So Botox or fillers, if you've had any work done. Yes. So I'm very transparent. I believe in full transparency. I have had, had I have had Botox and I genuinely love it. I think the important thing there is to go to someone who is an educated mm-hmm. professional, yeah. um, not just your friend who's recently getting into the space. Oh, <laughs> no practicing. <laughs> um, but I have had Botox in my forehead and around my eyes wow. um, in preparation for Miss Connecticut. Yeah. And that was something that I thought was a nice touch. It's definitely not a must have, mm-hmm. but it is like a nice to have. Yeah. It's preventative, of course. Yeah, and sure. the one thing that that does kind of suck a little bit. And I wish it wasn't the case is that it goes away. I know. Um, I'm like, wait, my forehead's moving. It's time. (laughs) Thanks for reminding me. (laughs) Yes. So um, I am looking for a new esthetician now that I'm in Florida. So if you have any recommendations, let your girl know. Let me think. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, where can we follow you and what? When's your next symposium? Because just in case people want to go. Yeah, so I will be having my next symposium in January. Okay. It's a women in finance leadership symposium. So if you're looking to get into finance, if you're wanting to learn more around financial literacy, or just wanting to be in a room where there's 
badass women killing it in the game. Um, feel free to join my virtual symposium. There'll be more information to come. And to your point, where do you find that information? You can follow me on Instagram. That's Erica X Porras, E-R-I-K-A-X-P-O-R-R-A-S. Love now, it. the X is there because I don't have a middle name. <laughs> Why? Fun you fact. don't? Oh, my gosh. I do not. Why? Um, so my dad is Colombian, and traditionally in Colombian culture, they tend to call you by your middle name. Okay. And he really just wanted a challenge status quo there and not give me a middle name. Wow. Because he thought, what's the purpose then if they're only going to call you your middle name? Wow. That's interesting. So it's just Erika. Erika okay. Forras. I love the X too. That's so cute. I thought it was because like Erica Porras was taken. So instead of like underscore, you did X. Oh, no, no. It's no. just, it was just fun. That is amazing. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. Well, you guys have to follow her. I think I'm going to be at the symposium because yes. I, I need more. You know, this podcast gave me a little bit, but I'm like hungry for more information. Of so. course. You're more than welcome to come. Yes. It will be virtual. So anyone can tune in from across the country or the globe for that matter. And if you do follow me, you'll get a little bit of insight into my daily life, some nutrition tips, fitness motivation, and mindset help. Love that. Thank you so much, Erica. Thank you for having me.